On the show today, we've got a bunch of late model topics to get to, including news from the Wild West shootout, where we'll see Kyle Larson next, the Michael Page saga, plus rumblings about Jonathan Davenport and Jimmy Owens. Let's go. Today is Tuesday, January 18th, 2022. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. Fresh off of Sunday night's finale, the Wild West Shootout is already prepping for 2023. It was announced yesterday that the week-long miniseries will continue at Vado Speedway Park next year, and it will feature more than $70,000 added to the late model purses. Each night will now pay $10,000 to win, up from $5,000 to go along with the $25,000 to win finale. With as light as the crowds and the car count were, I'm a little surprised it's coming back, but hopefully next year folks and teams will turn out after the great shows we saw in 2022. The release did say that the event will likely be on the move for 2024, back to a track in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Jonah Trussell, who was the promoter at the recently shut down Arizona Speedway, is apparently working on building a new track near Phoenix and hopes to have that facility ready for 2024, and when it's complete, the Wild West shootout will move back there. Glad to see this event continue and hopefully be secure into the, fu uh, into the future. And things must not have been that bad this year if Chris Kearns and his group are able to push the purses for next year. For more details on the event and the news, check out wildwestshootout.net. The 2022 World of Outlaws late model season gets underway this weekend at Volusia, and the field for the weekend just keeps getting better. The series tweeted out very early this morning that Kyle Larson will be in attendance. No other details were given, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, go out on a limb here and assume that he'll be back behind the wheel of the Rumley 6 car. Larson has six outlaw appearances back through 2020 with two wins. One of those was the Prairie Dirt Classic at Fairbury last year, and the other was a 10,000-a-win show at Sharon in Ohio. Larson's last outlaw race came at Cherokee Speedway back in September. He picked up a top-five finish that night. With the NASCAR season still a few weeks away and Georgia-Florida Speed Weeks looming, I wonder if this means we'll see Larson for a decent stretch of those late model shows. Him showing up to some of these races would definitely add a little excitement to the mix. Either way, though, we'll get to see him at Volusia, which I believe will be the first time he's raced there with the fenders on. We'll have more on the Sunshine Nationals and the Outlaws on Thursday's show. Another storyline we've been trying to keep an eye on is who is going to run full-time with the National Touring Late Model Series. We have a decent amount of clarity about the Outlaws, but not so much about Lucas. Lucas doesn't seem to be interested in making driver announcements as a series, so we're kind of left to our own devices here when trying to figure it out. And that's usually not great, because we end up on terrible forums and scouring websites and social media for any sort of information. Yesterday, Jonathan Davenport showed off his new paint scheme for 2022, and he's one of the drivers that's in question. There are rumblings about both him and Jimmy Owens not chasing the Lucas title, and the schedules on their websites certainly don't help in that department. Davenport's schedule just has the three nights at Golden Isles on it and nothing else for 2022. And Owen's schedule has Golden Isles, Alltech, East Bay, and Volusia on it, but no Bubba Raceway Park. If you're going to race full-time, why would Owens miss the two nights at Ocala? I know we're a bit out on the edges right now with stuff like this, looking at schedules on websites, uh, but I think this might be an indication that more of these guys than we expected are going to forego a series full-time and just chase big money races. The Brandon Overton influence might just be too strong with some of these guys, especially with so many opportunity to, uh, opportunities to race. 
You start talking about the Outlaws, Lucas, XR, Flow, the Crown Jewels, like the World and the Dream at Eldora. There's a lot of racing you can get done without racing for a series. I think it's very realistic that we could be down to like seven or eight cars come to the end of the season battling for these two championships. And I don't know about you, but I think that kind of sucks. I wish more of these guys would link up with a series and uh, go chase these championships. Being so locked into the Chili Bowl last week, I completely missed out on the drama happening with Michael Page in the late model world. You might remember that just about 10 days ago, he picked up his sixth straight Ice Bowl win at the Talladega Short Track, but that was apparently just the beginning of the story. Four days after the win, on Wednesday the 12th, the Ironman series announced that Page had been suspended from the series for an entire year because of an altercation between a series official and one of Page's crew members. There was also language in the release that referred to Page's quote-unquote aggressive driving and a mention of Page taking advantage of the series' start rules. The whole release is a bit of a strange read, and I think it was odd to mention that stuff if he was being suspended for his crew members' actions. I don't know the full story here, but it's not uncommon for a driver to be penalized for actions by his crew. But wait, there's more. Two days later, on Friday the 14th, in another release from the series on their Facebook page, it was announced that Page had been DQ'd from the Ice Bowl because of a failed tire sample. According to officials, Page was legal on his right rear, but illegal on his right front. Page was docked to 24th place in the rundown, and Christian Hanger has been promoted to the Ice Bowl win. I wonder if that means that Hanger gets the $1,500 bounty. There was no mention of that in the Facebook release. Definitely a wild stretch of about six days for the series and Michael Page. I do find it interesting, though, that in this day and age, guys are still cheating by soaking tires. You'd think with so much technology out there that we have moved on to something different than soaking tires, but I guess not. This is the part of the Tuesday show where some of you turn me off because I'm going to talk about cartoon race cars. But for those of you that stick around, last night was round number eight of the iRacing World of Outlaws World Championship. With so few races left and the championship battle still super tight, you know the intensity is going to continue to ramp up, especially with tracks like Fairbury and Weedsport on the schedule. Alex Bergeron took an eight-point lead into last night's show at Fairbury over Cameron Merriman with James Edens, Hayden Cardwell, and Braden Eiler all within striking distance. Bergeron is chasing his fourth series championship with everyone behind him looking for their first. In last night's feature, Evan C. led the field to green from the pole, and from there, all hell broke loose. Last week's winner and top five driver in the standings, Hayden Cardwell, ended up crashed out after he was collected in someone else's mess. Then shortly after that, points leader Bergeron had yet another tech issue while running in the top five. He was able to rejoin the race, but finished 16th, 15 laps down. That left the door wide open for Cameron Merriman to take the points lead, and he was set to take full advantage as he grabbed the lead late in the race and was driving away. But coming to the white, we had absolute disaster for Merriman, who caught the wall in 3-4 and four and ended up on his lid all by himself. That handed the lead back to pole sitter C, who closed out on the final restart to take the victory. Tyler Ducharme, Logan Rumsey, Braden Shute, and Braden Eiler completed the top five. Merriman ended up 14th in the final rundown, and while he will still gain some ground in the standings, his opportunity to seize control of the championship fight with only two races remaining went away with a simple mistake coming to the white. Eiler and Edens both picked up top, uh, top six finishes, so they will close out uh, close up on the front two as well in the standings. Only two races remain in the season with Weed Sport on tap for next week and Charlotte coming up after that. Don't forget, you can watch these races for free on Monday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern on Dirt Vision and on YouTube.
I know some of you don't like that I talk about iRacing, but keep in mind, these guys are racing for $300 to win every week, and the champion wins $10,000. That's some serious cash throughout a 10-race season, and more than some actual dirt tracks pay for certain divisions. These guys are real racers who dedicate a lot of time to their craft, and you won't be able to convince me otherwise. The only thing on the streaming schedule today is Flow Racing 24-7. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. That's it for the show today. Hope you have a good Tuesday. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.